Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Brand and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris, joined, as always, by my co-host, Peace. And today, we have a really, really unique podcast, a little bit different than what we usually do, I'd say, and we're really excited about it. Today, we're joined by Keely Mazurik, and she has, like I said, a very unique background, but somewhat similar with other guests. And we would really just like you, Keely, to tell us a little bit, us and our audience, a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm a UGC creator and creative strategist. I have a background in social media management. And at the end of 2022, November, I uh, came across a TikTok video talking about this thing called UGC. And it just sounded like all the things that I wanted to do, not be an influencer, still work with brands and make money. So I was like, okay, I got to start doing this. And now uh, I'm almost seven months into my my UGC journey um, and it's evolving in a really great way working I've worked with 17 brands um I'm working on a creative strategy role right now so I'm very very excited I think it's only right that people know how we got in contact you had a, a viral LinkedIn post mm-hmm. that stumbled mm-hmm. on my feed and yeah, still moving were... that post is still doing good <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so uh and it, and I'll I mean I'll let you introduce I'll let you you know break down your thought process behind it but you know, just to sum it all up, you know, it was relevant to something we talk about here often, which mm-hmm. is, you know, how companies can effectively market and promote and showcase their brand. So mm-hmm. if you could, you know, tell us about the post. Yeah. Your thought process and. Uh, yeah. So the um, for anyone listening, the post, I had shared a post talking about um, the, the the hook line was uh, stop selling on TikTok. Um, I can't remember what it was after. Uh, brands like Ford need to be kind of more like Duolingo and Bose when it comes to their social media content. So Ford, um, like many corporate companies that we see online, have a very difficult time pulling themselves away from the, what I would call like the constraint of being a corporate company. And so if you look at Ford's content, a lot of their content, it's very overly produced. It's, you can just tell it has this it has such a corporate feel to it. And I think that they're navigating, they're, they're, they're navigating Instagram on TikTok. And that's like a huge, it's just such a bad, it's just a bad practice to have, you know, because each social media platform is its own ecosystem. And the way that people show up on the app to use the app is completely different. And so when you have brands that are really trying to push content, that's very salesy, I would say, Um, so a lot of like Ford's content, it's like, it's like watching a commercial. Nobody wants to go on TikTok to watch commercials. That's, we do not want to see any commercials on TikTok at all, which is a segue into UGC, right? Like this is where, this is why UGC content has blown up so big in the last year is because brands are trying to find an effective way to sell their content through an ad that feels really native to the TikTok platform, because those traditional ads obviously you cannot do a static ad on on tiktok however i have seen them and i don't even know why they would ever think to do that but you can't you can't do that on tiktok it's just a whole different beast so um that that post i think it resonated with a lot of people because they understand that like yes when i'm on tiktok i don't want to watch stuff that feels like it's not raw right like we go on tiktok to engage like especially when it comes to brands like 
uh, uh, personalities on TikTok, it's very easy to create raw content when you're like trying to build a personal brand, right? It's you showing up on the camera, talking, doing your thing, your day-to-day, your business, whatever it is. It's very easy for people to connect with you um, when you're willing to be open. And businesses also, they have a hard time doing that because especially in the corporate world, you don't really have a single figure that could show up and like, here's our behind the scenes and here's this and that. Um, which is why they should be using more uh, user-generated content. We'll, I'll go into that after. But um, I think that the brands that show up in a way that's either um, very raw, very open, you know, even if you're like, say you're a product-based business, right? Like somebody in the company can show the production line. Somebody in the company can show the office life, right? Like there's other ways to work around it and incorporating things that are like, it's funny, it's relevant, something like turn the trend into your product. Like how can you showcase it? And I think that Duolingo does that really, really well. And I'm not saying, you know, I had people commenting being like, yeah, but not everybody wants to like sell sex and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you don't have to do that to be relevant on the platform. And I don't see a point in showing up on the platform if you're not going to, just like anything, why are you showing up in a market and you're not tailoring what you're doing to that market. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I think the same thing with social media platforms. It's like, if you're going to show up on the platform, show up the way that people want to digest the content. So brands like Duolingo, even like Bose have found a really unique way to showcase their brand without trying to sell anything. And in turn have had explosive content on there. And I think that Ford was just one example um, Steak and Shake is another example of a, of a brand that's like having a, you can tell they're having a really difficult time trying to figure out how to make content that resonates with their audience online. And they're kind of just like pulling, it's like, they're just pulling from anywhere that they can. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that there is sort of this like corporate chain and there's a lot of people who are in the higher up who they really like that traditional look, right? They love the traditional advertising. It's always worked for them. They like, why would we change? Cause it's 2023. Like you, we can't be doing 2008, 2009, you know, like we're not, you can't do that. So I just think that, uh, yeah, I think that it's, it's somebody needs to come in and be like, Hey, like you gotta, you gotta switch something up. You know, I just, I think that there's also a lot of people making decisions that also don't use these, that don't use TikTok, and that, and that right there is a huge problem. So tying it back into a point you mentioned earlier with like Mm -hmm. a lot of companies or brands aren't very self-aware in terms of the ecosystem they're existing in. You know, there's a different branding, you know, let's say process, different branding process within TikTok or Instagram or all these other branding channels that are available that are current. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely gonna be more to come. How do you advise companies, small or large, in terms of studying these, you know, processes in these different platforms versus uh, what's been done in the past? Like, how do you advise them? What strategies do you enforce? What is your perspective on just being intentional, uh, being a company looking to brand, you know, not just the the service and the product, but maybe even mm-hmm. teams and their mm-hmm. culture and things like that. Well, I think the first thing would be to assess the competition, right? Like the first thing when you when you launch a new product or, you know, let's say use Ford, for example, like I'm sure that all of their cars, they're matching themselves up to the other companies that are within their their um, like range. Right. So it's like you need to you need to look at the competition, look at look at the 
even if it's not necessarily a big corporate company, just look at who's in your niche and like, see what they're doing, like, and where they're successful in their content and try to figure out how you can adapt that to your own brand. And I think that when it comes to teams, like it's interesting because I'll use Duolingo again, for example, I'm almost certain that the uh, social media, the, the girl who has, you know, kind of turned it into what it is, is like a, a young Gen Z. Like she, she knows what's up. You know what I mean? Like, I think that you have to either have people who are really on the platform or, or have somebody who is in your, who, who, who is your target audience? Who, who do you want to buy from you and get the input from them? So whether they're on your team, right? Like having people who, if, if your product is to Gen Z, like have some Gen Zers on your team that like know social media, right? Like they're going to, they're going to be the ones who are like following the trends, figuring out what's going on. Like those are the people that you want to talk to, but also ask your audience. Like, I think a lot of, I think a lot of brands kind of stay away from including their community in how they can develop their social media strategy, which I think is silly because they're the ones who want to watch your content. So you have to find ways to include them and like, what do you want to see from us? You know what I mean? But how do you suggest that? I mean, I, I think that's a really valid point, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you, you want to sell the Gen Z, whether it's for a product, service, a job. But mm-hmm. if suppose you're an early stage company or you're a mid-sized mm-hmm. company, how do you take that initiative to speak to your audience? I mean, that seems like a, a problem in its own for some companies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Trying to engage with audiences just to validate what they're doing. Um, I think that if you're in the early stage, I mean, the early stage is the best is the best time to ask because you have the opportunity to do a lot of different things. Like when you're in the early stage of a company developing a product and you're testing stuff out, you can test out content. You can you can you can do you can make videos and ask questions in your videos to your community to see how they respond. And based on their responses, you can continue to develop your content strategy that way. So I think that's probably like, it may seem counterintuitive because it's like, well, we don't really have an audience. Well, you're building an audience, right? Like there are a lot of people who, if you've watched their growth over time, even like, even with podcasts, it's like, they at in the early stages you see like okay what what like for you guys it's like okay so how many streams are we getting on this type you might actually end up pivoting your podcast you know in the next year into something kind of different because the feedback that you're getting from the people who are listening right in the early stages so i think that it, it you shouldn't brands shouldn't be afraid to involve the community early on because it's the community that's going to dictate what they want to see, how they want to interact with the brand. And if you really, really listen and pay attention, then you're only going to grow a tighter community. You're going to have better content because of it. So let's, let's role play for that answered. I don't know if that, no, no, it does. It does. So, okay. 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 Yeah. So now I'm trying to almost like put it to practice, right? Just role play. If I'm I'm running a direct to consumer business, let's say we're selling, Mm -hmm. I don't know, cookies, right. And you know, they're, gluten-free cookies and okay. currently in the market gen z millennials are craving gluten-free cookies mm-hmm. how would i go about building that community really just taken from what you just said previously like how community basically rules rules all if you're able to almost gauge a community create a community it seems like outcomes are almost mm-hmm. you know can be ideal contingent upon what that community looks like how would mm-hmm. you advise this early stage direct-to-consumer company 
Okay, uh, so a cookie the, company, I would say. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm actually thinking about a cookie company. Uh, it uh, called Crumble. Have you guys heard of Crumble? Yeah. Yeah, so I just got it for the first I, time recently. Yeah, so they were really good at at asking people, including them, in like creating these really weird uh, flavor profiles in their cookies. Right, like that's something that it, it may seem like, oh, how do we do that early on? But okay, so you're you're making a gluten free cookie. It's like ask ask the community, hey, like I'm a I'm a cook. Like we're starting this cookie company. We like we love some. We want to come up with some wild, like different, crazy flavors. What do you guys think we should put in a cookie? You know, you're making content. Maybe you do put something weird in the cookie for the content, and then people start commenting, being like, "Ew, that's gross," or "Oh, I would totally try that." Right? It's like that's how you involve the community in the early stage. Get them, get them in. I think like a food content i would say in general like everybody has different everybody has such different flavor profiles that it's really easy to trigger people in content with different things right i think that's the other that's another component of creating great content is like tapping into an emotional side of the of the person that's watching right so yeah, like in in that example, it'd be like if I was doing the cookie thing, I'd just start doing weird weird shit with the cookies and see how people respond. And then ask them, like, okay, well, what okay, well, if you were to order a box of 12 cookies, what what would like what would flavors would you want in that box? You know, people st- will start typing. And then through that, you actually would end up developing more products. And that's kind of what Crumble's ethos was, right? And they they had these really interesting experiences around opening up that box too right like people were super excited about just getting the box of cookies like trying that cookie so it's like involving them in a way that they feel like they're a part of it and triggers what whatever your whatever main emotion your product could trigger trigger it as often as possible i would say i like the term i I know we're speaking in in the frame of cookies but i like that Mm -hmm. term of wrote it down flavor profiling right mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. let's say you're you're selling to a, a company now let's say you're hey we're a software company and you mm-hmm. want to appeal to another business building community could mm-hmm. in your sense right speak to you know almost like understanding curating that flavor profile for potential customers and things like yeah. that do you have experience yeah. dealing with companies that sell to companies in terms of content or products or services and if so could you so i'll give you one example of of uh a plot uh, so of a, a creator who built a company off of the community telling him what to make so there's a platform called stan um it's a like a link in bio kind of thing and the founder his name's jay hoovy and so he his whole thing was he wanted to develop something for creators that would help them in their business. And he just started making TikToks talking about what do you guys, like, what do you need? Like, what would you, if what's the ideal product for you as a content creator? And he literally built, got the funding, did the whole thing and built the company off of just asking the question, what do you need? So I think if you are, if you're, uh, let's say you're a B2B business, and you don't, you, you kind of have an idea of like what it is that you want to do and what service you want to sell, but you're not quite sure exactly what it is. Call out the customer on social media. Hey, are you a, um, let's say, are uh, do you run a logistics company and you need more, like I'm trying, I want to build a software that's going to help you with your logistics. Like what areas of 
your business when it comes to logistics, would you like to have something that's more efficient? Just start talking to them. Like, this is what I'm doing. And like, how can I help you? And eventually the people that are going to buy from you are going to funnel into that content because not only do they want to see what it is, they want to see the development of this thing, but you're making it for them. Like I'm watching Jay Hoovy and I'm like, he's making this thing for me. Like I need this product right now. I'm not only am I bought into the personality, which is like this really like cool laid back kind of character, but I actually want to see how the, he's going to develop this product that I need because I want to use it. Do you know what I mean? Does that yeah, absolutely. answer the absolutely. question? I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like a really hot take though, to call out a company. Don't you think to say, Hey, I don't know, Ford, we don't like this. What are your thoughts on X, Y, and Z solution that we're potentially providing? Well, you're uh, not calling out Ford per se. You're calling out, you're, you're calling out the, the people that need the service. So if you, if I guess if you thought that a car company needed it, right? Like, I think like, obviously it's more difficult to call, to like try to work with a corp, like massive corporate company like Ford and say, hey, like I want to come in and do all this stuff for you, right? It just doesn't work that way. But I think if you're trying to build something from scratch and you want to get the right attention, you just have to talk to the community that you want the attention from. And eventually what's going to happen is if if you end up building the thing that Ford needs, at some point, Ford might actually come to you and say, hey, you know, you've worked with XYZ. Now, not like now we, you know, we need, we need your service, whatever, whatever it may be. It's um, yeah, like that would probably be the best way that I could describe that because it's like you, you don't call out the actual company. You just talk about the thing that you have to provide to the community. The community will come to you. It doesn't matter if you have, a product or if you're like, even if you're like an, an influencer, right? Like, okay, I want to be an influencer. I don't have any followers. Where do I start? Well, you have to start showing up within the community that you want to pay attention to you. So you start building the content around and including people who like, if you want to be like, and let's say you want to be an aesthetic girly, right? Like you start making the aesthetic content, but you start talking to people in the community through your content, sharing your stories. Like, you know, like I would say, um, okay, like I, I have this aesthetic space, but I need to add like a really aesthetic planter. Like, what do you guys think I should get? Can I get some suggestions, right? Like you're, you're, you're the whole point to doing social is to call in your community. So I think if you have, if you have a business and you're not really sure, like, or a product and you're not really sure, like who wants this, who needs this, you have to ask them. And the beauty of having social media is that you can you can ask and and you can change and you can pivot and it's all going to be okay because you can actually do all of it for free it's literally just your time right like i so i worked i worked for a media buying agency a second largest one in in i'm pretty sure in the world it's a company called mindshare this was like many 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 years ago and i remember i remember like looking at campaigns for, I would buy commercial spots for television, like on TV, right. For different clients that we had as part of the team. And I'm talking like, you know, 15,000 to a hundred thousand dollar spots on TV. This is before like Instagram was big. I think this was even before Instagram even existed, right? Like Facebook was like still not novice. It was like, you know, there, you had to, you had to pay for flyers. 
you had to pay to be in the newspaper. You had to pay to be on the radio. You had to pay to be a lot of money to be on TV. Like if you had a business, you couldn't really, you're not really calling out. It's either your community, your local, or you have the money to go bigger, go national or international, but you have to have the money there. Like there's nobody watching. Nobody knows that you're making cookies at home, but you know what, when you're on social media, you want to start a cookie business. You can do it for free all in your house and you could have a very successful cookie business that way. So I think that that people really need to really need to think about that when they are starting to launch a business is like you have everything at your fingertips for free and you can guide your product to fit the exact group of people that you want it for. Yeah, I think it's such an amazing time to just be alive in, in an era yeah. where you could really do that, where you can interact with a, literally millions of people who could be your potential customers and ask them as many things as you want, all mm -hmm. not costing you a dime, essentially, like you said. Um, so speaking more just about the important, you know, the importance of community, um, obviously, you mentioned before Crumble Cookie, which I'm a big fan of, as I mm -hmm. mentioned, mm -hmm. um, who at this point have never really established themselves. I'm pretty sure they're, they're actually the fastest growing franchise yeah. in the United States right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, their brand is becoming a one, right? They got the pink box. Mm -hmm. Like I I've been seeing it for forever now. I finally got to try it. So how important, especially for a brand like Crumble now, but how, and just in yeah. general, any brand, how important is the brand voice in all of this, right? How important is it for a company to establish a really strong and recognizable brand voice when they're engaging with their, uh, with their community, excuse me? Well, I mean, your, your brand voice, you can't really lose it, right? Like you, you, you want to, you want to move with your community's needs. But I mean, if you move too far, then you don't really know, like, then it's like, you don't want to let the community entirely dictate your entire business, but you, you want to be able to at least tailor certain aspects of it to the people that are really invested in your product, in your service, in you. Right. So I think that like, you obviously need to maintain some sort of brand voice, but at the same time, I think that the community helps you maintain it because they, they, they share the pink box. They talk about you online. They, they, they do all those things. So I don't really think that there's an, uh, I don't know if there's like a, a necessarily a need to like maintain your brand voice. It's like, as if you keep your content concise, which is another thing too, that like, I think a lot of brands have trouble, especially in the beginning figuring out that flow of like, what does the, what does the content look like? Because you can like, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like, you can test a lot of different types of content to figure out what content works and figure out who the community is. Um, but, but at the same time, you also, there are a lot of brands who like, they just start with one type of content and it works and it sticks and it doesn't matter what really the community might ask you to change something. But if that content's constantly going viral, then that's your brand image online, right? Like that's, that's the voice. Like people are going to recognize that exact same content every single time. There's a lot of brand, there's like a lot of creators and brands that literally do the exact same video, pretty much. It's like the same angle, the same thing, the same, this, the same, that. And, but you know, when you see it, right? Like, it's like, as soon as that video pops up, you know exactly who the person is or exactly who the brand is. And people in the community love that, right? They like the familiarity. So I think that, you can either, you know, if you're lucky and you, you can start with that and then just maintain that, you know, brand voice th throughout the rest of your content, that's great, but don't be afraid to test 
different variations of styles of content to also see what works. I think especially when you're, if you're building a personal brand, you know, what do you, like, what is it that you're talking about that people are resonating with, right? Like within your life, that's going to help you build your personal brand. Um, and then it all really comes down to like, I say content pillars, but it's like, you know, if you have a product-based business, you know, you could break it into like the founder story, um, uh, product in use, user-generated content, and then maybe like um, production line stuff. And then whatever whatever is doing the best, then you just start to funnel. You funnel, you rinse, you repeat, you rinse, you repeat, right? And then that becomes your image, your identity online. So time back in platform intentionality and brand voice, which is what you just touched on. How do you suggest companies manage their brand voice or their messaging wholesomely when they're dealing with a, a different perspective on TikTok, a different perspective maybe on their website, a different perspective in terms of Instagram or their blog mm. posts or things like that? How do you suggest mm. companies really manage all that? Because what if you're someone who's simply just inquiring about the company or you're inquiring about yeah. the product or the service yeah. or the cookies or whatever, right? Yeah, How, I mean- Where do I go? What do I do? Yeah, I think that obviously, like I said, like each platform is different. It's a different ecosystem. Um, but there's still ways to maintain your, I guess, your like core message on each platform. But it's just, it's the creative that's going to change, right? So I think as long as you can, as long as you can find a way to ensure that your identity on each platform is, is, the same like is similar enough that people will recognize it on each platform right like i'm not saying like completely change the like if you're if you're okay let's let's for example use steak and shake okay steak and shake has a very aesthetic instagram a lot of it is obviously like their their food right well you can still have I don't, I don't read their captions, but whatever their messaging is in those captions, right? People read, people still read captions, even though a lot of people think that we don't, we do. The, the, the real community, the people who love a brand read their captions. So that's something like, I, I'll say this out to the world, like, do not neglect your captions. If you're trying to build a community at all, like, please don't do it because the people who are really, really invested will read. And those are the people who will then buy. Um, but going back to the other point is like, you they could still have this really aesthetic feed and have that whatever the message is like whatever their their thing is but in on TikTok which is obviously all video content you're still showing the product it's not perfectly polished because it can't be because it's not an edited photo like it is on Instagram but if you're showing the product and you're still maybe let's just say maybe their thing is, I'll make this up. Maybe their thing is um, like family values around food. Let's say that that's what they talk about in their captions on Instagram. In their videos on TikTok, you're showcasing product and family. So your voice is there, right? But it looks different, but it's still the same because people would understand, oh, on, you know, if you followed them on both, you'd say, oh, I get it. I get why they do this on TikTok because they've already talked about this aspect you know, families eating together on their other stuff. They're oriented this way. This is how they show it on TikTok. Different creatives, same voice. Does that make sense? Kind of? No, it definitely, it makes, it makes sense. Fief? Okay. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you're good, you're good, you're good. 
No, it's really interesting. Actually, what you were saying, Kaylee, I definitely see, definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah. Here's one question that we love to love to ask everybody here in the Brand and Beyond Pod. What's okay. one question you'd like to ask somebody who could help you on your career journey right now as you continue on? Ah, huh. can I one actually question? Okay, I, I want to add on top of that. On okay, top okay, of <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, in the spirit of where the conversation was was going, yeah. Uh, so Chris asked about someone who would help you in your journey. Uh huh. Could you also give a shout out to a particular company's whose strategy or process that you appreciate? Yeah, that's like, a good one. Hey, and hey, they're they're doing this the right way. I aspire to maybe not replicate what they're doing, but take that recipe, take that formula and bring it into your own company as you service other brands. So two parts. Like, so, so, okay. So the, for the second part, are you talking about just how they are showing up online or like what I know about what they're doing on the back end as well? Yeah, what, what you, what you see in terms of consumer, right? For example, I'm, I'm sure you're able to see from a, UGC perspective, oh, they're they're following this process, right? Mm-hmm, is there mm-hmm. a company? There may not be, right? But is there a company mm-hmm. that you're like, wow, like they're doing it right? I know you mentioned Duolingo, for example, how they're really mm-hmm. good at engaging and attracting their mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. But are there any um, companies that follow Okay, so I'll I'll actually start with the second question because I know the answer already. So okay. um I would say that a company that is doing things really well. Um, I would say in terms of their messaging, their social marketing, um, and their community building is Mudwater. So Mudwater has a unbelievable user-generated content strategy they do. when it comes they to do. marketing. Completely agree. Absolute amazing. Um, their content's very consistent. Um, and I think that they've built like a cult following around their product. And it's it's because they've sold a lifestyle and a lifestyle that they know they they know so well who their consumer is and i think just watching the evolution of that brand i mean it, i i bring them up because probably like 4 years ago i want to say i was when i first saw them and i was like hmm this is interesting like what is this like coffee like I I was like an avid coffee drinker so I was like I'm not switching nothing like (laughs) but it looked interesting and I was really kind of bought into this like kind of laid back cool kind of vibe right and I was like okay this seems neat and I started at that time was like kind of diving deeper into my fitness journey looking for things that were more holistic blah 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 blah. circle back to earlier this year I, I was paying more and more attention to them and I was like this brand's like really crushing it. So I actually ended up partnering with them and uh, to do some user-generated content. And I just, you know, through my contact at Mudwater, they just have a great, they have a great company culture. And I think that they're just absolutely killing it. Um, They have multiple, they have multiple layers to like their marketing strategy, right? And the way that they are able to retain repeat customers, even in terms of just their product, like they have the, subscription so you can buy one time or you can get a lower price for a subscription they have kits they have but they also aren't trying to do too much right it's like they have a couple products that work really really well they sell the lifestyle they have this like really awesome newsletter and it's not just like a normal newsletter it's like almost like this little culty community kind of thing that they've grown on the back end so i i look at that business as a you know d2c brand that i think is doing really really well that 
other brands could be paying more attention to. And obviously, because I'm a UGC creator, I'm also more biased to that aspect. But I really like seeing brands like going heavy on the user generated content. I think that I'm not saying that there's no space at all for, you know, your kind of traditional advertising, your static ads, like things like that. But I think in the era that we're in now, it's like the more brands need to lean more into that because that also helps. It may, I, I don't know if like a lot, a lot of brands can't really wrap their head around like why, but it also helps break. It also helps grow your community more as well, because you, you really want like the whole purpose of user generated content is like, you want to see that other people are using the product, but whether or not that person's been paid to make the video or not, it doesn't matter, right? Like you, you like the average person, unless you're in social or marketing, the average person doesn't know the difference. They just think that somebody made a cool video about this product that they really like. That's, that's the general sense. It's like, even when I'll show my husband stuff and he'll be like, they got paid to make that. I'm like, yeah, that, that person got paid to make that video. Like they don't actually use that product, but like most people don't know. So yeah, long-winded way of answering mud water. And then, uh, so a question that I would ask, okay, wait, repeat the question. Somebody that a mentor, wait, what was it? It could be anybody. Just what's a question you'd have (laughs) for someone that would help you right now in your career journey? Like question that you've been thinking about, like, wow, I need this answered right now. Sort of a thing. Mm. Could be anything you know, and could be to anyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, so this is the thing. Like, I spend a lot of time reading a lot of stuff. And the people that are, that I, the 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 people that I want to learn from, I do talk to. So it's like, I kind of already have the access in a sense. <laughs> um, but I, I think, who's like one... Okay, so there's one, there's one person that I think I actually would probably ask a question to, and her name is Greta Van Riel. And so she started a company called Skinny Me Tea um, back in 2014, I think. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of her. She's like, there's a, uh, she's has like five brands. She scaled them all on social um, through like influencer marketing, kind of doing, she, I think she was kind of doing like the user generated content before it was like really like a big thing, right? Like we're talking many, many years ago. And I think that I would ask her because my long-term goal is not to stay in, in UGC, like as a creator or creative strategist, I want to take that knowledge because I'm already starting to see I'm already starting to see like where I, like what I'm going to do next. And I, I want to take that knowledge, everything I'm learning doing this. And I do want to have my own DTC brand. I really do. I'd lo- I love, I want to have a brand. I want to build a community because I, I get it. You know, it's like, I feel like I have all the tools to do so. So I think I would see because she's done it five times over. I think I would just ask her like, how, how, how do you, how did you manage to go from one map, like she had a, that, that brand skinny me tea when it came out blew up. Like it was huge, put her right on the map. And then she just, she, she moved to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. I think I would just ask her like, how do you, how do you manage all five of these brands? Like effectively, you know, like how, how can you as a single person who has all these companies, like, how did you do that? Because that's what I want to do. Like in the long term, it's like, I don't want to just have one brand. Like I want to be the Procter and Gamble. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I have yeah. that mindset. Like I want to, I want to own it all in all the niches all the way down. Right. 
So where do you start? Where do you start? What industry do you start? And yeah, I'm curious. Pre-order. Where's the pre-order button? Mm, literally. Yeah, where's the pre-order? Literally. I, you know, I, I think, uh, I mean, there's just, there's, I feel like there's so many, there's so many things. I, I think I would like to start in the home space. I think I would like to start with something home related, um, but I would like it to be something custom. Like I wouldn't want to start with a product that was like something I got in Alibaba and scaled it. Like it would have to be something that like I, I designed, you know, and it would have to be something that is going to either be something you can use in the home. That's going to make like something that you do more efficient or just cause less friction in, in one area. I don't know. I'm like thinking maybe kitchen, you know, like I love, I'm really, I'm a big cook. I love kitchen gadgets, all the kitchen things. Like I'm totally that person. So probably that. And then I think I would for sure move into the wellness space. I think like the wellness space is not going to die anytime soon. The more people get sick, the more people want to get better. So if you can come up with a product and obviously there's so many, there's so many products out there now, it's however many billions, right? Um, but I think it's, it's kind of in my mind, it's like, it's kind of an easy one. Not saying it's going to be easy to execute all the way through, but I think it's an easy market to tap into, you know, especially if you have a product that is like reputable. Like if, like, for example, if I was going to do a supplement company, which I have talked to my husband about, cause he's like, we both have our personal training certificates. I didn't do it fully, but like, he's very active, very fit, played sports his whole life, the whole thing. And I'm like, you, I was like, you should be the face of the supplement because you have like, you've got your, you got the muscle, you got the whole thing, but I want it to be really clean. Like I don't, there's a lot of supplement companies out there that are crap. Like there's fillers, there's all kinds of shit in there. It's not even worth, it's not worth a penny. So I would want it to be something that has been like, you know, multiple tested, has all the certifications, everything. Like it has to be clean. It has to be a proper product. I'm not putting, that's the other thing is like, I would not put my face behind something that was just like a cheap piece of crap for the sake of making money. I just don't, I have now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's lots of people that I follow that like, you know, they do the drop shipping thing and I'm like, that's cool. Like that seems like, like great. You know what I mean? But I just, I think if I was going to actually have my own umbrella company, it would be, it'd have to be things that are, that are in my opinion, like ethical in a sense, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no, it totally makes sense. I mean, I can speak for myself and I could probably speak for a peacemaker over there as well. Like I said, send a link, send the free order link. We're ready to go wherever <laughs> you are. Okay, Keely. Well, Keely, it yeah. was such a pleasure yeah. to have you on. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on. Where can the people find you and whatever else you'd like to plug? Yeah. So um, if you want to work with me, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn and uh, I'm on LinkedIn and on Instagram. My handle is just Keely Mazurek and then on TikTok and Twitter, UGC by Keely. Um, even though I talked about, you know, your content pillars and all those things, I'm very loose with my social media. I'm not like, I'm not like dead set on a content strategy just because a lot of my work has to do with me just doing outreach. So um, you'll find a lot of different things. <laughs> between each platform. <laughs> I just started posting on LinkedIn too. And like that, like, 
you know, maybe within like a week and a half, like that one post went viral. And in a way, it's kind of like changed my life because I've I've had a lot of opportunities come through because of that post, which is just wild. It's wild that that can even happen. I feel like I feel like it's I almost had that feeling of like when a prod like, you know, like a brand, they like have a video go viral and their whole product sells out and they're like, whoa, what happened? Like that kind of happened to me. Like I was like, wait, 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 I can't handle everything that's going on right now. It's too much. Like, which is awesome. But yeah, so those are my handles. If you want to reach me, you can reach me there. Ask me questions about if you have questions about UGC in general. I'm very like, I'm very collaborative. I'm very open. I don't, uh, it's funny. I've had a lot of people like, I'll have like brand owners message me and be like, how much for like a discovery call or whatever. And I'm like, no, like I don't charge for that. If you want some information, like if you just want information, like I'm cool. Like I'll talk to you about it, you know? So I'm open. Ladies and gentlemen, you know where to find her. She's open to talk to you and be on the lookout for her next <laughs> viral post. Cause that's going to come soon. Yeah, Here. I hope so. <laughs> Keely, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you. Thank you you for having me. And to everyone listening, thank you very much. And until next time.